welcome to the 40th episode of Mixtape Book Club podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. Can you believe we made it to 40 episodes, Mel? Wow, <laughs> that's, that's so just hit me. And we've still got <laughs> so much more on our list that we want to record at some point. <laughs> we do, we will never run out. <laughs> um... In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge variety of Destiel fanfiction. And in this episode, we're going to jump right back into the canon supernatural verse um, and take a look at Case Fix in particular. To discuss her fic, Can't Fight the Moonlight, <laughs> we'd like to welcome author Dr. Professor Song, also known as River. Hi! Welcome, River. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Um, I am very excited to talk to you today as well, because um, I've been a fan of your um, wonderful comments for a really long time. You leave such a long, detailed comments, and it's just such a delight to actually speak to you in person. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoy them. I will say it took me a while before I was confident enough to leave these long, ridiculous comments because I was like, people are just going to start blocking me. <laughs> No, no, I love an no. essay comment. It's wonderful. <laughs> Your comments are wonderful and have genuinely actually gotten me through some like really hard writing days. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I consider it sort of my payment for the good fic and getting to read it. But also it's sort of fun just to be able to react and sort of show the person who wrote it, hey, look, here's here's how I reacted to this. So it's it's kind of fun. Brilliant. All right, so we're looking at case fix um, this time. Um, I apologize for my croaky voice. I'm just coming off the end of COVID, but I'm, I'm okay. I had a mild case, but I sound like a frog and I apologize. Um, but we'll get through it. It'll be all right. Um, so we're going to, like our fandom has such a wide variety of wonderful case fic um, that I, I, I guess I should define that a case fic is one where our guys are going out and doing, uh, looking at a case like an episode of Supernatural, basically. So, uh, but we've got such a long history of it. And I think today, the ones we've decided for this episode are more recent. Um, well, except for maybe one of them, more recent um, fix that have been written in, the, in like this year, like for recent bangs and stuff. So we thought we'd bring a few newer ones to light. So um, the other main fix we're going to talk about are Full Fathom 5, Thy Father Lies by Aria Sune. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if not. Um, everyone knows the year doesn't start until April by Fleece Frame and That Black Dog Ache by Salty Words. Um, so links to all of the fix that we're talking about today will be available in this episode's post on mixtapebookclub.com and included in our collection on AO3 as always. Yeah, and we have to say big thanks to everyone who supports us on Coffee. Um, you can also support us if you want to go to coffee.com slash mixtape book club and you can join our Discord server and help us decide what we're going to be talking about in the future. Add to our list of fix to read because we never have enough fix on our open tabs or read for later. Um <laughs> But yeah, thank you very much to everyone who, who who supports us in that way. We really appreciate it. Okay, so where would we like to start with case fix? Can we can we start with yours, River? Shall we do that? That sounds yes. great. Sure. Right. 
So, Card Fight the Moonlight by Dr. Professor Song was published for the Rhonda Hurley Bang in 2023 this year. Um, it's 34,000 words long and it is explicit and it has art in it um, by Ruby, who is Solstheim Art on Tumblr. Uh, would you mind reading us the summary? Sure. It feels like some sort of cosmic joke. A man, his would-be lover-slash-platonic-ish life partner, and two of his ex-hookups walk into a bar. Only Dean is struggling to find the punchline. Sarah's car breaks down, Dean and Cass interrupt their semi-retired life to meet up with a local hunter in need of backup. Finally for Dean, they're meeting up in a dive bar that just happens to be the local haunt of his ex, Rhonda Hurley. Even worse, Cass and Claire neglected to mention the hunter they're meeting is Annie Hawkins. I'm lover to Dean, not to mention Sam and Bobby. Okay, because Dean figures they'll get the details of the case and head out. No, is the monstrous targeting women. Maybe specifically going after women who are into, well, women. So they need Annie and she needs a girlfriend for this to work. Rhonda Hurley, looking to get out of town and willing to play fake girlfriend for a while to help her old friend. It isn't like Dean can send a civilian and a hunter that he had to bury once into a dangerous situation alone. So it looks like they're all headed on an awkward family vacation. So awkward. Awkward family vacation is such a good way to describe this fic. (laughs) (laughs) I said it's the the Dean Winchester uh, torture chamber, but in a good way. (laughs) Um, Before we start talking about the fic, can I just ask about the Rhonda Hurley bang. I mean, what an amazing idea for a bang. <laughs> I know, right? I, I It was so funny because I, um, I, was, I was doing something else and I was like, I can't write another fic right now. And then I saw it and I had made this joke in a U quiz about Rhonda Hurley getting together with Annie Hawkins. And I was like, oh, well now I have to write it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. And it's actually, you know, <clears throat> it's really fun to go read all the fics because everyone's Rhonda is very different because you have one sentence, right? And so Rhonda is is completely different in all of the fics. And so it's kind of fun to see how everyone took this one little smidge of information and then created this character out of of that one line. She's just such a gift to the fandom, really. Like, right? That one throwaway line. This is one of those bangs that I definitely wish that I had known about at the time. I, I'm always out of the loop on these things. I'm just terrible for some reason, unless like one of my friends on Discord specifically says, oh, this bang signups are open now, then I'll go and do it. Otherwise, I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I even missed the Regency bang this year and Ellen runs that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's shameful. But yeah, I wish I, I had about, her power, about this one. Right? For like sure. one, one line never showed up on screen and how many fix say, you know, Dean's panty kink or yes. um, mentioned Rhonda Hurley. I mean, she probably appears in a, a huge percentage of fix and we never even see her. Yeah. Yes. But her presence is very much felt. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's an awesome character in this, in this fix. So she's like, um, she's almost like a, a female version of Dean really like drifting from town to town, hooking up with whoever, like er, maybe early seasons Dean more than, <laughs> More so than later, but um, yeah, yeah. I definitely channeled some early Dean in her. I also um, I wanted her to be a little Dolly Parton. Uh, yes. You know, she's Southern. I made her Southern. I poured some religious trauma in her. So a little self insert there. 
Um, and I just wanted her to be sort of a lot of sort of like clever sayings. And she's sort of funny, and and but she doesn't really want to look and what's right in front of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that about her, and I also really enjoyed that. Even though this is obviously a Dean and Cass fic, it's, it's Destiel centric. She very much gets her own character arc in this, like you fully developed her and Annie as well um, to the point where they have their own you know you're rooting for them by the end as well which I really enjoyed I like that I, I love a good side character so enjoyed that a lot yeah one of the nice things was that it she gave us a sort of third party look at what was happening with Dean and Cass which was sort of fun right um, but also I wanted relationship to be sort of on an opposite arc to Dean and Cass. So Dean and Cass are really together, um, although they're still trying to figure out what that means. And and also both of them think the other one doesn't want to have sex with them, um, possibly because Cass is straight. Maybe he's just an angel. But so they're sort of emotionally and physically very connected, but can't figure out the sex, whereas Rhonda and Annie jump right into bed and then avoid any emotions or any talking about them at all. And so it's sort of fun to watch the two couples, both of whom need to talk, but for entirely different reasons. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about um, Annie. Like, if, if listeners don't remember who she was, she was the, the hunter in that um, haunted house case that, oh, now I, I don't remember which season it was in, but I don't, yeah, I don't who needs episode numbers? Um, we I go actually, by vibes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the episode is called, but um, I did a little psychological damage on to myself because I'd forgotten she was in an episode with Ghost Bobby, and so I went to go yeah, rewatch it. And yeah. I was like, no, it's good. Yeah, that's very sad episodes. <laughs> it's a very sad episode, but she is a hunter, um, and. She calls uh, to meet up with uh, Dean and Sam, and then she doesn't appear. And it turns out that she was killed in this in this sort of haunted house where these ghosts are trapped. Um, and she's very sort of cool and collected, and she's a she's a lifelong hunter. Um, and it also comes out that she scored the Winchester um, singer triple play, so to speak. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hat trick, if you will. Uh, she's a fun character. She's a very classic hunter type character, but she's a little softer, I think, than a lot of the hunters we get to see. Um, and and at the end of that episode, she asks for a hunter's funeral. And so um, she was a really fun character, and I sort of wished we'd gotten more of her because she was really fun. Yeah. She's only in that one episode, right? Yeah, I think it was just that episode. We don't. We never meet her before that. That's just the one episode. I don't think episode. we met her before. That's right. Did yeah. we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, again, it's this kind of one-off character that the show gives us. And thanks to the, the power of Supernatural fic, we get to kind of hand wave the fact that she had that hunter's funeral. You can just say, well, you know, didn't stick. So <laughs> and I love the fact that we can do that. Like, there's no character out there in Supernatural that we can't just say, oh, well. I'm just going to make it work my way. And I can. I have the power. And, and that power doesn't even conflict with canon. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no. I mean, now we have we have God. Like, he he brought, apparently brought Cass back, even though we never saw him. So anyway, let's not get into, like, finale salt. But <laughs> we do have that, that ability to just bring anyone back without, like, having to explain it. <laughs> just 
Yeah, and I did hand wave it a bit. Yes, and- I, I must admit, I missed that in other fandoms. <laughs> in other fandoms, you have to explain these things. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her. I'm bringing her back. <laughs> That's all the justification we yeah. need. So this is like post-canon timeline, right? It's like uh, after even like Cass has come back from the empty. Yeah. Um, it's post-canon. Yeah, yeah. So, I well, I sort of ignore the finale. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. But yeah, it's we, sort of, we all do on some level. This, um, <laughs> it's in this unspecified time. Uh, Cass is back. He said, "I love you," um, and he and Dean have sort of started building a life together, um, and and they share a bed, platonically, because Dean doesn't think Cass wants him other than platonically. Um, but they're very sort of, it's sort of a very soft post-canon Destiel um, that you get in this fic because they are sort of, you know, they're half in, half out of hunting um, and and sort of trying to raise Jack and, and figure out what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. It's so soft. It's lovely. <laughs> it is very soft and lovely. And you mentioning the platonic bed sharing just made me think of how much I love how hard Cass tries in this fic and Dean is just so oblivious for so much of it um I don't think he's I don't think he's as oblivious as he thinks he is maybe like he's he's clocking some things but just not joining the dots on what they could mean for him um yeah but I mean Cass is trying bless him like (laughs) it's true he is Cass is trying and you know there is a reading of canon where Dean meets Cass and sort of throws out his best lines. Cass is like, just, mm-hmm. you know, does not understand what's happening. And so this is sort of, I guess, <laughs> he kind of deserves it, right? <laughs> a little yeah, bit. I'm, I'm just a little bit. <laughs> but he, he, Dean, Dean has sort of, is, is operating under these assumptions that he made at a different time when Cass was sort of, had a different understanding of himself. And so... Um, I think it, it is kind of funny because there are points where Cass, like, really, I think, tries very hard to say, I want this, and Dean just gets it in his own head. And and part of that, I think, too, is that he's sort of struggling with this idea that his relationship has to easily fit into a little box, and he doesn't know what he's, quote, allowed to do, right? And, and I think he has to sort of get to the point where he says, well, I, our, we can build what our relationship looks like. We don't actually have to listen to anyone else we can just figure out what we want and ask for what we want so they they, they get there but it takes takes a they minute do. yeah they just yeah, have to convince they... each other to actually use their words <laughs> which is like just so hard for them apparently so difficult <laughs> Argue, argu- arguably there is a point in this fic where Cass very clearly uses his words and it just goes so far over <laughs> Dean's head that I was just cackling on yeah. the other side of the screen he says it <laughs> And Dean he just hears something completely different. It's like, what? <laughs> Poor Dean. He's... I love that. I love a good miscommunication that doesn't feel forced. Like the miscommunication just felt so much like Dean. Like you could just picture it yeah. and you would just sit there and, and laugh at him a little bit, but also just be like, come on, man, you, you, you got this. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. You root for him, but you, it's quite funny as well. And, and I will say, like, one of the things that I tried really hard to do is it was never really, like, um, it, it was never, the miscommunication was never such a point of tension that they weren't sort of together and really um, a unit, which I really wanted, I wanted to write them 
together and sort of give full faith and credit to their relationship so that when they kiss at the end, you're not like, well, they're finally together because they're sort of always together, right? So it never gets to a point where the miscommunication is, is super angsty. It's really more funny, I think, hopefully. Yeah, I definitely found it funny in this one. Like, there are there were parts in this fic where I thought it was a very amusing fic. I love some humor thrown in with my angst and my case fix, and I think anything with Dean Winchester in's got to have a little humor, right? That's just who he is as a person. Um, so when you're writing canon, I love it when you lean into that a little bit, and then there's an extra layer of humor that we, as the reader, get that's escaping Dean. <laughs> but the other side of the miscommunication is that. Um, Rhonda and Annie kind of they both like it's you don't I don't think we ever hear from Annie's point of view but we do see through Rhonda's point of view that they are both um kind of more into this relationship than they actually tell each other they are like they're both kind of on the wrong page but then they work it out eventually too so you've got this nice kind of parallel thing going like you said before with the opposite kind of direction arcs (laughs) But yeah, they also get their share of miscommunication. Yeah, they sort of, um, you know, I think neither one of them wants to be vulnerable. Um, and so uh, you don't you don't really get to hear, you're, you're right, you don't get to hear Annie's side on it, but they're both sort of, you, you can see that they both want this and they bring themselves to sort of admit it um, and get to that point. And I think that they're sort of scared that the other one doesn't feel the same way, right? And. They, they sort of did have a conversation at the beginning and they said, this is just for fun. And neither one of them wants it just to be for fun. Yeah. <laughs> or at least they don't want it to end, yeah. right? Um, let's do a spoiler warning so that we can talk about the actual case itself. <laughs> so we don't blindside anybody. So if you don't want to hear about what happens in this fic, then just skip ahead a little while. Um, We've got this um, idea that Artemis is like um, basically well inviting lesbians into her realm. That is a major plot spoiler. I apologize if you're still listening and you didn't want to hear it. I warned you. <laughs> you, were, you were warned. <laughs> yep. Um, how did how did you sort of come up with the idea of um, of this being the main sort of case? So it's kind of funny because I usually am a person who writes, who comes up with the plot first, but in this case, I sort of knew all of the players I wanted and I had to figure out how to have an excuse to have Rhonda be there. And so I kind of needed a monster that would go after women who were into women, as I said. And um, mm-hmm. and I sort of was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not burying any of them. I, I can get plenty of that elsewhere. Um, and so I sort of started thinking, okay, well, let me go back to mythology. And Artemis has all of these handmaidens, some of whom are mortal and some who are, are immortals of some sort. And I thought, oh, she's the goddess of the hunt. She would love Annie. And, and, and I really love the idea that we have these gods and goddesses in, in, can- in the canon who are losing their power because no one believes in them. And so I sort of saw, okay, well, it'd be fun at the end to have her sort of become the goddess of hunters um and then but i had forgotten that she was in the show and then i remembered and i was like oh no (laughs) so i had to go back and watch that episode (laughs) um and actually i felt like she was a little underused because she's really defined by her dad and her ex and so i was like actually i can i can work with this (laughs) so she's in that um she's in that episode with 
Prometheus, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I couldn't remember either. I got up to that bit and went, oh, she was in it. Um, but she's yeah. kind of fun and she's sort of sort of scary, but like in a fun way, um, just very powerful, which I, I thought I also just loved the idea of being a, a, mon- a monster, so to speak, who's not really truly a monster and who they don't have to, in the end, sort of kill. I, I like the idea that you end up with a different resolution. I just think that's kind of fun to write. Yeah. And then I remember Dean was a handmaiden, which made it funnier. We love Handmaiden Dean. <laughs> now, I'm a big mythology person, so I was very excited about the the actual kind of case of this one as well. I mean, we love a we love a kind of fake relationship deal, no matter how it's presented. Um, but I really love the uh, the actual case and the Artemis stuff in this one because I'm a, I'm a mythology yeah. slut when it comes down to it. <laughs> I love it give me more of it so thank you you tickled my mythology pickle with that one. Oh, i was gonna say that one of the things i really enjoyed about the opening for this fic is first of all how uncomfortable dean is just seeing these two women that you know he's he's been with both of them and i feel like with dean if it had just been one of them and or if Cass hadn't been there he could have played that off entirely differently but with Cass there and with the assumptions that not just them but like everybody <laughs> the assumptions that everybody makes about him and Cass um I absolutely yeah. loved how awkward he was to the point where he he's like is this just like a nightmarish gin dream like this is terrible these two women that <laughs> if it had been just a few seasons earlier I can see that going down really differently but the the point where you place this in the supernatural timeline just made it absolutely hilarious to me. I loved it. I kind of now want Dean to just run into all of his exes and all of the people that he has ever slept with and for Cass to be there with him, just rolling his eyes in the background like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, and for them to just make assumptions. That was very much intentional, right? Like, I think if Cass hadn't been there, it would not have been nearly as awkward for Dean. And and also he's sort of still doesn't know introduce Cass and sort of where they are and so he just sort of panics and and I think that scene and then also the scene at the restaurant right where they Rhonda and Annie are just so comfortable yes right? and Dean is just like falling apart he's already had the massage he's like I gotta get this together man and they're just like talking about sex and he's like you gotta stop Cass is right there. <laughs> Yes, I love fix where it turns out that Dean's the weird one that like for years Dean has been, (laughs) you know, calling Cass the weird one saying he has no social skills. But then I love it when the the scale tips and Dean just falls apart and he has no social skills and he is the weird one for a little while because of Cass's presence, essentially. Absolutely love it. And we have seen that in canon too, so you can quite clearly picture like Jensen Ackles doing that exact <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yes. Flustered Dean is one of my favourite things to write and yes. read in any in any situation. <laughs> and this is like a very subtle Twitter shout out, like you'll either know the person or you won't, and I'm not gonna name them fully because that seems like an invasion of privacy. But um I I'd love that you you, you seem to keep finding new and interesting ways to kill Mallory in your fix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she'll be fine. 
So Mallory um, is a friend of mine, but also has written some really fantastic fics in fandom. And I was reading, I want to say it was Redux, but she's written so many that I I love. But I was reading one of her fics and I said, swear to God, if this thing happens, I'm going to write you in my fic and I'm going to kill you. And she thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever heard. And she's like, you have to do that now. And so now I've killed her in two different, well, killed her in two different fics, but I mean, another spoiler, she doesn't actually die in this fic. Yes. And I was telling her, I was like, Mallory, I was too nice to you in this fic. Like, you're a threesome. And then I put you in cheating. <laughs> you were nice to her in this one. Though. I was very nice to her. I was very nice in the other fic, too. Like, I'm, I'm too nice to her. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I also just really like her as a person, and I just don't seem to be able to actually kill her. But um, <laughs> no, she thought that was hilarious, um, and that was entirely based on one of my ridiculous comments in one of her fics. So excellent! I love the layers of things that we get in fanfic because there's like the show is the top layer, and then you have all of our like fanon head canons which into a lot of fic and you see those as well and then beyond that there's all these very personal like specific fandom and friend like references that like if you don't know you won't get but I find that most fics are full of them <laughs> Yeah, absolutely love that <laughs> so many layers they're all onions these fics so. plus Misha Collins uh, has been wearing their shirts and Misha Collins shirts definitely showed up in this fic <laughs> several of mine so far <laughs> Someone put a jacket on that man. No, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) It took us 10 years to get shirts, okay? 10 years. (laughs) Don't actually do it. Don't actually do it. I'm joking. (laughs) It is very distracting, though. I, I think it's just that we, we're writing for such as like you you wouldn't see well maybe you would see that kind of thing in a, in a published actual book but only a few people would not understand it still even then but we're writing for such a specific audience that we can put those references in and you know a bunch of people are going to get it and then if you don't get it it just doesn't detract from the story at all so why not shove them all in there <laughs> yeah I love it I've definitely used like friends names and all kinds of things like the thing I'm writing right now I just killed off three of my friends <laughs> so like I've definitely I've definitely done it before what's interesting is when you have uh, close friends named Jess and you put them in a fic and everyone obviously assumes that it's Jess like supernatural Jess because you know that's the, the name that gets used but just in the back of your head you're like that's not the one I'm picturing <laughs> secret <laughs> I'm sure our Jess, our friends' Jesses will be uh, happy to hear that. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe not happy. I was going to say, sometimes you just write things for yourself too, right? Like you put a little something in just as, as a joke to yourself or a reference and then someone will catch it and you're just like, how did you catch that obscure reference to Dr. Horrible or whatever it is? Yes. Yeah. That yeah, makes me so just... happy when people do that. Yeah, it's, it's so, so much fun. It's so much fun when that happens. Those. Yeah. Like I have... Um, a fic that I, I I write periodically. It's just one of those that's like ongoing, but it's it's not one of my main focuses. But it has a lot of references to a really like old cult British sci-fi show in it. And every now and again, I will yes. just get these comments, this like list of comments where people are just screaming like, I've never seen a fic with references to the show in before. And I'm just like, I'm just very happy that you got it because I'm pretty sure that 
a lot of people reading that fic don't get it. Um, so it just absolutely delights me. It's one of the best things when you can pick out someone's weird little weird little references. <laughs> so love it. I have to start up my campaign to get you to update that one again then, shall I? Because <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I do actually have it in my giant pile of fic. I do have at least two more chapters semi-ready to go for that one. But mm. Posting is scary. I have issues right now, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay. <laughs> She's like, it will be okay. You will post it. Okay, gentle encouragement. Gentle encouragement. All right. <laughs> Do we have anything else that we want to say about this fic other than the general screaming of how awesome this was and how funny and just, I don't know, by the time you get to the end of it, this is one of those which left me with like a really like wholesome, happy feeling because it's like a genuine happy ending for everybody story. And yeah. I love that. I do. Like we put, I, I, like, please put them through some things. Like give me, <laughs> give me something to work with when I'm reading. Um, but then at the end, I do love it when we have a really nice, happy ending. Especially in canon fic, because uh, I feel like they deserve it. <laughs> I think we all we all wanted to see a happier ending than we got. Though um, the Winchesters has done some healing for me personally. Um, but also, what's funny as well yes. I was writing this when I also wrote probably my saddest fic, um, because it was during a period of time that's an anniversary that's very difficult for me. And so it was really funny because I'm writing this really funny, silly thing, and then I go write this just like super angsty, sad thing. And then I go back to writing this like super happy thing. So I think by the time I got to the end, it was going to have to be like, just like really happy. <laughs> the thick whiplash when you're reading and writing like that. <laughs> Please write more Rhonda Hurley fix people. We love them. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to go through the, the bang list. I think <laughs> have a look at a hundred percent. Yeah. And if the bang runs again, I'm going to have to like keep my eye out for it this time. <laughs> so all right so which one should we move on to next okay so the next thing that we have to talk about is full fathom five thy father lies by aria soon aria sune probably saying it wrong but hey we're trying <laughs> that's the important <laughs> part <laughs> people underestimate how difficult it is to say like screen names out loud um this fic is 13 and a half thousand words thereabouts and it's uh pretty recent it's from the dean cast reverse bang from this year 2023 so it's quite new um just came out in april wow this one really must have been like top of the list when we <laughs> went out there looking yep um and the summary goes like this look charlie thinks the men of letters have something that can help actually you know find this monster good dean looks at his thumb to get the last of the chicken salt clean because right now it seems like we've got a monster that's some 20,000 leagues under the sea. He stops. This isn't some 20,000 leagues shit, is it? It's a submarine, actually. Fuck. That sounds like a yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's, it's probably no surprise to everybody that I absolutely love this fic. It's got the <sighs> deep sea horror. It's got ocean. It's got creepiness. It's got um, yes. true form casts. It's got just everything. Like... This fic was not made for me, but in my fantasies, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and as a reverse bang fic, it has some beautiful art um, by Mango Natural. Yes, lots of gorgeous art in this one, including some really, really, I think one of my favorite true form casts I have ever seen. And I'm, 
I'm a connoisseur when it comes yeah. to <laughs> true form cast, but this one is spectacular. So yes, Mango Natural. Um, I believe they are usually on Tumblr. I don't think they are much of a Twitter person. I think they're a Tumblr person. So go and go and love on Mango Natural if you read this fic, because it's one of those fics that's truly enhanced by the visuals as you go through. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did uh, enjoy about this was that what was quite obvious was that um, this author must have either already known about underwater exploration or <laughs> did a whole lot of um, research about it because the level of detail of like describing what this bathyscape thing is and everything <laughs> was quite quite um you know in depth so to speak um, yes the like the the men of letters have these underwater exploratory heavily watered vessels just wait sitting there waiting for someone to use them and charlie knows that they're there and um yeah just uh brilliant yeah i love the idea that the men of letters have all this cool stuff just stashed around the country um it's a great thing to use for fanfic purposes but i mean it really does make sense and seem seem obvious almost the way that they were portrayed in the show like it makes absolute sense that they have all of these different things stashed around in different places because I, th I think it's mentioned in the show that they have like not sure what they call them in my head I think of them as like other other bunkers <laughs> in places um because yeah. I know that we we see one in that episode where Dean interacts with the tentacle creature <laughs> that's uh, yeah, not a vague right. reference in the slightest is it um <laughs> that tentacle creature <laughs> One one of the <laughs> one of the canon Dean tentacle references. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> We're doing panties and tentacles in this fic in this episode. Yeah, I think uh, the nice thing about using the Men of Letters too is that it's uh, like a, a antique submersible, yeah. which adds to I think a little bit of the tension, right? You know, you don't really love the antique next to I'm going to get in this thing and go down where I could be crushed into nothingness um, so it's got so much atmosphere yeah. because you've got this like very and it's covered in rust right like just the visual of this fig is just yeah. beautiful both the art and the descriptive words I mean you could just see the entire fic it was very sort of cinematic I think yeah like the, the visuals between the the submersible itself the the jackalope i believed they called it um and the, like you said the the actual descriptive writing like it gives a very almost kind of lovecraftian feel of writing like it has that kind of slightly i'm gonna say slightly eldritch just because we do have true form cast and he is if nothing else an eldritch horror with a heart so um <laughs> i yeah. love that feeling when i'm reading a fic where you you get that kind of almost like old mid-american horror feeling it works so well for case fix it's beautiful um and there are a couple of authors in this fandom who do it really really well this was a new author for me so apologies to them they're gonna be sick of me because <laughs> i will be in their inbox on all the rest of their fix now <laughs> i think they got added to my um uh you know subscription list too fantastic descriptions and um beautiful words in general just beautifully done so interestingly this um this is set in season eight like the end of season eight basically where um 
I think after Cass has got over the attack dog spell thing, is that right? And he's been, mm-hmm. am I, am I mixing this up with another of the fix where he's been stuck in the bunker? Is that this one? No, no, that's the other one I, ju- I just read. No, this is definitely this he... at the end of season eight. Um, yeah, he's Dean's mad at him for, you know, something. Oh God, now the entirety they're of all blurring eight. into one. In my really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The angel tablet? I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, the angel tablet. Okay, okay, okay. They're fighting. They're definitely fighting. They're, in, in they're mad at each movie. other, yeah. yeah. Just right. everything yeah. from so, Purgatory onwards is the issue here. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, but but he, like, Cass is just so sad. <laughs> like, he's just despondent that Dean's so mad at him still. And, and Dean's like, look, I'm mad, but I still, you know, I still love you. <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't say that, but... That's kind of what he's thinking the whole time, but yeah, I don't know. They're just like you just kind of want to beat their heads together at some point. It's like, come on, guys. I think you want to lock them into a small claustrophobic um, thing and put them at the bottom of the ocean until they work it out. Which that's is that's exactly exactly what, exactly what you want to do with them. <laughs> yeah, this is like when I lock them in an elevator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. You just need to give them, and, and one of my favorite lines, and I can't remember exactly what it was, was when he said, uh, the opposite of fear is boredom or something like that. And it was just, it was so funny because it was like, well, like you're stuck in, you're stuck in the submersible. You can't go anywhere. You have to talk. Eventually you have to talk. You can't just sit there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the really extreme end of just like the making them kiss gifts, like <laughs> the, the really extreme end of that. <laughs> uh, and i when they when something actually does happen after they stop being you know having to be quiet for a while i don't want to like add an extra spoiler here but um but the terror that dean has at the thought of you know dying in the first instance and then actually losing Cass at one point um it's just so well described it's like you're on the edge of your seat reading it you're just like oh my god yeah i think the tension is really well written it's just you you sort of you feel like you're down there with them and I'm a huge fan of sort of sci-fi space or deep deep sea right where you can't get out easily and there's this feeling of claustrophobia that I just think is so beautifully written um, and this sort of feeling of desperation and helplessness that I think really adds to the story yeah there's some really really skillful writing and imagery in this one relating to the fact that there is a point where Dean is trapped inside this submersible and he is alone at, at that point within. Um, but there is, tr- trying really hard not to give any spoilers here, uh, there's a lot going on outside the sub. Um, but Dean obviously only has like a, a tiny like field of vision of what's happening out there, really. Um, it's very, very dark. He's like really far down under the sea. And just the the idea that Dean is, is trapped in this thing and he is aware of what's happening beyond but can only really see this this like slither of it like you know if if something turned he would lose it entirely and have no idea what was going on out there um yeah I just love the way that they used that like it was so skillfully done to increase the tension even more because it, if we'd have seen the whole like fight like everything that was going down I don't think it would have been as impactful as seeing it only through Dean's eyes in this one like it was such a good 
use of POV. I loved it. Absolutely. And even after um, you are terrified reading it and it all goes down, it has a really lovely soft ending as well. A very nice ending. It's only rated teen, but it has um, like a, a loving ending, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it, it's really lovely the way it wraps up. Um, <clears throat> it's very soft and, you know, it does it does stay within that, that teen realm, but it it definitely gives you an idea that more is coming <laughs> and it's and yes. it's it's lovely it's it's a very nice ending to wrap this up um, i do want to do a very specific mention for something that i have only ever seen done in fix a couple of times before and it's such a, a tiny thing but i love it so again trying not to be too spoilery here so at one point Cass is injured a little bit um, and being an angel he's injured in a way that doesn't really translate to human language which i love like he's telling dean what it is about him that's injured and dean is just like what the hell is that <laughs> that's yeah. that's a body part that doesn't exist yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> and i just love that you know i was going to bring cass's otherness into it somehow but that's just such a very very specific and awesome trope that I've only ever seen done a handful of times so I just want to encourage more writers to think about that like Cass is weird you can do what you want with him <laughs> like yes. he's made up of weird bits okay that's very clever yes uh, you can't say too much more about this without giving the whole thing away no because it is quite a short one <laughs> yes, as well it's, it's yeah it's 13,000 words so it's not going to take you a really long time to read this one and I just desperately want to encourage everybody to give it a try because the, the writing is just so good in this and you get such a sense of this whole world in such a small amount of fic. It's wonderful. Plus it's a true form fic and how... <laughs> you know I'm going to try and force everyone to read a true form fic. Please do it for me. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to do a true form e episode at some point. Have Add we not done list. one? How? How did that happen? <laughs> I love True Form Cats. I'm such a sucker for True Form Cats. I will read anything with... And I and I wrote a fic where Kath, where Dean takes True Form Cats on little dates. Oh. Um, but like, really, like, any, any True Form picture, any True Form fic, like, send it to me. I will read it. I will look at it. I will scream about it. You will get tired of me talking about how much I love True Form Gas, but yes, a person after my own heart here. Absolutely. The next fic is called "Everyone Knows the Year Doesn't Start Until April," and it's by Fleece Frame. This one was, was also published in 2023. It's rated mature, and the summary goes like this: Dean had said, "I'm right there with you. I don't like the loud noises either." I mean, being afraid of loud noises is a good thing, though. It's just your body telling you something big is happening and that you might need to get somewhere safe. Is that what happened on Tuesday when all the lockers went crazy? A pause. Did you see anything that seemed weird or did you make yourself safe in one of the rooms? And it struck Castiel then how Dean phrased that. He didn't, how he didn't say, did you hide? As in, did you run away? As in, were you not brave enough of a little soldier to stay and figure out just what was trying to hurt you? He had said, did you make yourself safe? Or the one where Dean and Cass are investigating a haunting in an elementary school. Things are still new between them and Cass has more love than he knows what to do with. So this is like another established relationship one. 
sort of. <laughs> yeah, like I love these established relationship, but they're not quite there yet. Fix like they know they're there, but they're also not quite there. <laughs> yeah, so. it's not. There's no. I mean, it's it's not tagged as post canon, and I don't know what kind of time frame we're looking at here. But they are together, and they are mm-hmm. still investigating stuff. Yes, I don't think it's post canon. I don't. Anyway, think so that doesn't matter. I think this it may be some specified time. I don't recall yeah, any sort I, of markers. Yeah, they just just a, say, a, a vague timeline um, story. So, and definitely an established relationship. We're just getting some emotional growth, I guess, in this one. So, yeah. So this one's an interesting mixture of like an actual case, like a haunting at a school, and also there's just this beautiful. Um, sections where Cass is just telling like forcing Dean to accept how much he's loved (laughs) Mm -hmm. so there's two kind of modes to this fic I guess (laughs) you could say like there's the case mode where they're doing the things at school and then there's the the other side where they're actually actually communicating for probably the first time (laughs) yes it's beautiful and even though this one is rated mature but there's no there's no like actual smut in these necessary in here necessarily as far as i recall um it's definitely implied i think there's definitely a tag here that's like this fic is only rated m but just know that these old guys want to fuck so bad <laughs> and i'm just like yeah yeah i agree with that like you get the vibe yeah. all the way through and there, there are definitely implications and references to them wanting that to happen but even without that you definitely get a feeling especially with the the kind of cast stuff that you were talking about um you can tell how much cast wants dean at every point in this um yeah. and, and and it is in a very loving way like it's not just like smut for the sake of it it's it feels very purposeful and and character driven but like it's as the tags say it's like Cass is in his horny honeymoon phase <laughs> in this one and i love it <laughs> Like, I feel because, like, there's certain fics that um, really capture Cass being weird and other, like how you were mentioning before that in the last one. Um, His thought processes aren't the same as a human's. Like, he is thinking about the way that that he put together Dean's body and, you know, things that that Dean's body is doing that, like, how many eyelashes are on one eye compared to the other one. You know, like, things that no human would ever think about but they they this author does a really brilliant job of just throwing them into the conversation and it sounds you know kind of weird but totally it's just cast it's like it's so good i love it just bringing his otherness in i think cast is just so loving in this fic and i i've read several fleece frame fics and i'm a huge fan and i think there's just something really beautiful about the way that this fic is about there's not really any tension about whether or not they care about each other, but it's really, you know, Cass is appreciating so many things that Dean thinks are maybe drawbacks or maybe, you know, I love you even though X, Y, Z. And for Cass, it's like, no, like I, I see you and that's why I love you. And I think it's just, there's just such, something very healing and beautiful about getting the cast perspective here and sort of hearing how much he loves Dean, how he loves Dean and how he loves Dean in a way that 
you know, is very unique to his character and sort of the way he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is done in such a loving way and written in such a loving way. So even though we're getting it, you know, it's a Cass POV, we are getting so much of Dean in this because we're seeing so much of him through Cass, right? And the way that Cass is, is always observing him and always aware of him, even when other things are going on. And I think one of the reasons I love these kind of, I think of them as kind of like in between fix where it's definitely established relationship, like they've got there, but it's not the, the type of fic where it's like, okay, we're retired and we're happy and we've been together a long time and that kind of stuff. It's, it's these kind of midway, like the relationship is still maybe a bit newer or they're still working out some things, but they, they've got there, you know, they've got past the, the angsty part or the getting their heads out of their asses part or whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely... I think a journey that in most cases in canonfic Dean would need to take to not only just be with Cass but to accept that Cass would want him and all of that that entails and all the things that he's done and who he is and everything else Um, and this fic just slots perfectly into that spot for me because this is very much Cass just being like no I am going to show you (laughs) like you are you are going to accept this one way or another (laughs) He really drives that point home. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does, and we love it. <laughs> it's very healing for Dean because he obviously, his whole life, he's never really had anyone like this who sees who he is in every part of him and loves him unconditionally. And um, I guess that's what everybody wants out of their relationship, really, and if they're their relationships um, for other people to accept who they are I guess and so it's not just healing for Dean but it's a very healing thing to read I guess for anybody (laughs) yeah yeah and I think um we've talked a lot about sort of how Cass feels in this fic but there are moments where Dean drops his guard and lets Cass see things and, and Cass is like when did he start letting me see these moments and I think that's also you you don't you you get to see sort of both of them making progress towards each other in a way that is just sort of having better emotional intimacy and, and better communication, um, which I really loved. Yeah. yeah. And I think in a way it, it reads as very healing for Cass as well, in a way, because because he's being understood. Whereas before, you know, he may have been kind of keeping all of this inside and not really sharing how he felt about Dean because until they finally kind of reached this point at whatever timeline we're in here. Um, but it just very much reads to me as like, like I said, kind of healing for Cass as well, because he's being understood now. Like he is expressing himself and Dean is, is getting it. Like he really, it's, it's kind of the, the thing we, he, he says during his whole like confession scene that sometimes it, it's, it's not about the actual act itself. It's just about the, the being, the, the saying it. And this just seems like very cathartic to cast to me <laughs> that he is just getting all yeah. of this out there and he is being understood and it's just wonderful. And that's all he wants in a way. Like it doesn't seem like he's not doing any of this with some kind of expectation of reciprocation from Dean. He's literally just like, no, you, I want you to understand this because I think you should know these things and I want to tell you these things. There's no there's no kind of manipulative aspect to it there's no expectation of anything to be returned though he does seem perfectly well aware that dean loves him as well 
but I just love that. I love it when it's like no strings attached. It's just here are my emotions. I'm giving them to you. They are a gift. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I love that um, that fanfic is like this. Sometimes it's like actual emotional therapy kind of type thing wrapped up in like a a, a haunting at a primary school. Yeah. <laughs> a haunting at a school where the lockers exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like smut, you know, and it's like, oh no, actually, you're you're going to therapy. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> Surprise! the The other thing that I had written down for this fic that I thought was one of my favorite pieces of it is that Adina is good with kids fic. Adina yes. is trauma fic, and and the way that he interacts with the kid Seb is just so beautiful because he's been the the kid Seb has been traumatized something that happened at school. He hasn't spoken since the event. And Dean is so understanding about what he's going through. The words that he uses are so intentional. He speaks to this kid as just so beautifully intentional. It's one of those things that I love about canon that that got brought into this fic and it just, well, I thought. Yeah, he's always like very gentle with kids. Yeah, and I love that without kind of going into it and making the story about that through this kid we got kind of um echoes and, and colors of dean's own trauma when he was little I, I know there is a part in the show that a lot of people kind of interpret to mean that dean um had a phase when he was younger of some kind of trauma where he didn't speak much um after mary died I, i've seen several things on that um because i i love reading about all the different like layers of meta and things in the show that people have gone into spend many many late nights on tumblr <laughs> digging into all of that but yeah. um even though this fic doesn't focus on that necessarily in the way that dean deals with this traumatized child you can see the echoes of all of that and it's so wonderful and he's so good with all of these kids and you know there is a kind of a mention in here somewhere that yeah maybe in a different life um he would have liked to have been a dad someday and you know that's that's one of those parts of Dean that's like a little bit sad sometimes um, because the life that he's had or the life that he believed he was expected to have um, kind of prevented that but he's still he's still got that that softness in him because there's, there's so many layers to Dean right but this is definitely a lovely soft kind of daddy Dean aspect that we get in here it's very nice yeah yeah, and very much breaking the, the trauma that he, you know, he was traumatized as a child and he was treated in a certain way. And you almost feel like even without him saying it, without having it explained, thought a lot about sort of what he would have liked to hear. And he brings that forward when he um, talks to the child in this in this fic. And I love that. Yeah, it's really beautifully done. And, and it's it's not kind of like hitting you over the head with all this this trauma either it's it's done in such a lovely gentle soft way um yeah i really loved really loved this fic it was just such a lovely like by the end of it it was just such a heartwarming fic to read um so yeah really enjoyed it we've got, we've got some some shorter ones going on in this one this one was what just over twenty thousand words so yeah they're all they're all kind of bite-sized aren't they these ones they're not yeah. extra long ones Though sometimes I get some flack on social media for calling <laughs> longer fix ones that to me are bite-sized or not very long. But every, everyone's version of that is different for sure. But that yeah. one was just under 
or just over 20,000 words. So to me, that's a, a reasonable, that's like a lunch break fic, you know? <laughs> yeah, if I can read it in one sitting, then I'm going to yeah. call it bite size. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not a good gauge for that because once I get into something, I just continue and time becomes irrelevant. So pretty much any fic yeah. becomes a one sitting fic for me, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to um, that black dog ache? Yes, let's do that. All right, um, so that black dog ache is a fic by Salty Words. Um, it is one of the longer ones we're talking about today, so it's 28,200 words. This is the older one of the batch, so this fic is from 2016. Um, I don't believe it was attached to any, any bangs or anything like that. Um, I think this one was just posted in, in one go, dropped on AO3 as a beautiful gift uh, for no specific reason back in 2016, which, uh, let me do the math here, eight years ago? Hang on. <laughs> I can math, really. Oh god. I don't know. It was a few years back, anyway. Um, uh, I think it was during, yeah, season 11 was probably I would say airing when this was happening because it is set in season 11 it's canon compliant up to 11.05 um, and diverges after that point where they go off and do this specific case fic instead so I believe that this is the one where um, Cass has has been recovering from everything that he'd been through with like the attack dog spell and everything else um, ah yeah that yeah, specific yeah. Okay. that specific season where we get uh where we get like bathrobe cast for like a, just one second on screen <laughs> oh yes he's very naked <laughs> that <laughs> was very one, naked one particular scene yes <laughs> so so the summary for this one very short and sweet it just says a simple case turns dean upside down as he attempts to deal with the effects of a particularly strange love spell so i love the fact that case fix can pull in almost any trope that we love there are definitely certain ones that seem to be the favorites like the fake relationships um the love spells just just the, the kind of bread and butter of our case fic world just because they're the ones where it makes it easier to focus on their relationship i guess um yeah. and i do love a good love spell fic especially when with this one you know when you're dealing with any kind of love spell fic you're going to have some kind of mildly dubious consent issues to address and hopefully they are addressed in the fic um i think they address them in this fic very well <laughs> to the point where sometimes it's it's it gets it gets a bit angsty in this one <laughs> um <laughs> because they have to that they, they have to deal with that this whole consent issue um so yeah, there's, there's, there's some angst here. I will say there's nothing, at least to me when I was reading it, there's nothing that actually felt like genuine, like dubious consent or anything like that. It, it was discussed more than it actually seemed like it was happening to me. There was nothing in there that kind of stood out in that way between Dean and Cass. Um, but it's definitely a part of the plot, I would say. Yeah, it's more like Cass thinks that it's dubious consent but we know from because from Dean's point of view that it's not. <laughs> yes, and there's there's okay. some convincing that has to happen there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that that's where the angst comes from, folks. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I do love a good bit of angst though and I think this was written really well because we did have that Dean point of view and it was written so well that you you felt for Dean but it, 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 it hurt at points I loved it <laughs> hurt me please I always forget that not only like Jackie's like mainly known for her artwork in the fandom but I also always forget that she's actually a really brilliant writer as well um and this is one of the ones where i i forgot that it was her pen name and then i got to the end and went oh i'm winchester reload in the note at the end and i'm like oh that's right (laughs) it's you (laughs) Um, yeah she she goes kind of incognito on ao3 a little bit yeah absolutely brilliant i don't think i i blinked through most of this fic it was just because it's the angst is just so like yeah, I, I, it's not a super long one either. It's only, well, it's 28,000, but I did read it all in one go just because I couldn't stop. I was like, I got to the a point where I was like, oh, come on, Dean, come on. Like, <laughs> get it together, man. Um, I had to keep reading to see what was going to happen. But um, yeah, amazing tension through this whole thing. Yes. And this is one of those uh, fix. There's two. There's two types of case fix in my mind. The ones where you really do have a substantial plot and there's a lot going on with the case, and the one where we're just using the case to frame the relationship progression. Um, neither yeah. of which is bad or good. They're just different types. Different types of case fix to me, and I love both. <laughs> um, but this one, um, I really did enjoy, like the actual plot aspect of it because there was kind of a spell itself and everything yeah the the spell was really well done and kind of second guessed in a a certain way like you thought that you understood it but then as it went on it wasn't quite that simple um and i really enjoyed that i I love a new twist on a love spell kind of fit because it is a trope that i enjoy which i feel like you used to see a lot more i think there was like a phase that the fandom went through at some point where there were a lot of love spell fix um and I haven't seen any new ones in, in a while that I'm aware of. But uh, this was a yeah, really good that, one. Get on that, people. Yeah. We like, <laughs> we like love spell fix. <laughs> we do. We do. I especially love the ones where they deal with the, like I said, the mildly dubious consent issues within the fic itself. Like, I love when the characters themselves deal with those issues. Because it does tend to get a bit angsty when they do that. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the pain. <laughs> 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 I liked the I liked the vibe of this one too, and sort of it did feel like a case fic, but it also it felt very supernatural. It felt very sort of my bloody Valentine or regarding Dean, right? You had the um, hotel room yes. that just felt very, very very canon. So that's always something that I think is yeah. fun is when it's very rooted in that and that sort of canon gritty feel. Yeah, that's something that when I read um, Salty Woods fix which maybe maybe it has a connection to being an artist in there but she's very good at these visuals at giving you just enough descriptions of these places that she makes them very clear and very supernatural um and and you can see all of that without ever just kind of dumping a ton of description at you that you have to kind of plow through to to construct this place like she's very very skilled at the visual part of fic in my opinion um yeah and I, like you said, I really liked that in this one. It really did give me, when you said uh, My Bloody Valentine, yes, definitely. Um, I suppose it helps that we're dealing with, you know, things with, with love potions and hearts and things like that here. But 
it really does give that vibe to the point where because it's connected to the supernatural world so well you're breeding along and I could really just picture this fic unfolding in my head like a movie and I love it when I get that <laughs> yeah. it's not just the visual either it's the like um, bang on characterization I think the mm-hmm. um, the dialogue is is just right for each of them and like you were saying earlier you like flustered Dean like he is just so flustered in this one all the time because you know the spell hits him and he starts hallucinating um people coming onto him whatever and i love that like it it just builds up and builds up and you're like oh my god but um yeah just the way that he reacts to it and even even what sam says to him and stuff it's just it it's very it's just like an episode of the show it really is we don't get a ton of sam in this one i mean he is in it and he's helping with the case but obviously we are very much in Dean's head dealing with all these things that he's seeing and, and thinking um, but the bits of Sam that we yeah. do get like you said are so very Sam <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just wonderful I really like Sam in this I think even Cass sort of trying to hide what's going on in his head and, and sort of being evasive that it feels very like our, our guys yeah yes I don't want to yeah I don't want to spoil the case quick aspect of this one um, too much by talking too much about the spell that itself but I really liked the hallucinations in combination with this because I, I think I've seen a, a few times different um, kind of versions of this trope with a love potion or a love spell that have a hallucination aspect but it was done really well in this one and I loved seeing like what the next slightly outrageous thing that Dean was going to fantasize was yeah um that was that was a really fun aspect of it and I love that it interacted with one of those Sam moments where Sam's kind of trying to get Dean to admit that he is hallucinating this this particular guy in a bar as as doing like provocative things because he's hallucinating it and Sam's kind of trying to get him to admit that it's the guy as well and and Dean's just like (laughs) nope nope definitely not nope (laughs) just like come on Dean (laughs) And then Cass comes in and, and Sam's just like, oh, I see how it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that point, Sam's like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I knew there was something. That yeah, entrance yeah, is pretty memorable. Yes. yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's not a huge spoiler, but please just read it for, for that part. I will say, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little embarrassed so y'all mentioned this one and I had read it and I, I remembered a lot about it, but that was specifically what I remembered about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably says yes. a lot about me. <laughs> no. No, I will remember that as well. I, I Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very hot. I'm sorry, but it is. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't, got, I hadn't read this one before, but um, definitely going on my bookmarks now. I love this one. Yeah, I really it. enjoyed it. One of my favorites uh, that she has done, I think. And she's done some other really good ones that we've enjoyed. And I think that we've even maybe discussed on the um, podcast before but yeah definitely some really good ones so we do have quite a few other really good ones though so do we want to do a quick fire chat about some other ones as well yeah let's do that the first one i'm going to mention then um just because it's by one of my all-time favorite authors and so i was very happy that i got to reread it for this particular trope as we did um, and this is any port in a storm by micro comets 
so this one is a bit longer this is 52,000 words nearly 53 um, and the summary is the angels have fallen leaving Castiel graceless and Dean with well more of other people's problems with a string of couples goes missing on the east coast Dean and Cass decide to investigate and find themselves trapped and hunted on a couple's counseling cruise Although battling monsters at sea is dangerous enough, sorting through emotional baggage proves to be far more deadly, and in which Cass embarks to find his missing grace and Dean is put out. Not necessarily in that order. I can see why you love this one. Yeah, it's got so many tropes <laughs> that I love in it. It's got sea monsters. It's got fake relationship. It's got angst and miscommunication. It's And then communication. <laughs> um, it's It's really, really good. They have some really fun original characters um, in this as well. It's one of those great fics where you kind of wonder what poor Sam is going through because as far as Sam's concerned, they just kind of disappear for a while because they go off on this case and then their phones stop working and they're at sea. And so in the back of your head, you're like Sam and Kevin at the bunker are just losing their shit right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do love that. Um, but this one was a, was this a DCBB? Maybe, what was it? It was, it was a DCBB from 2014. So this one is, again, quite a bit older um, and is set during, I'm not sure that we get, then this might be one of those kind of more timeline non-specific fix. Um, but yeah, I really love the original characters. I love the the whole concept is that they're on this this couple's cruise and it's specifically for couples that are having like marital issues. So they have to communicate a lot and do all these like sessions and have games where they go back and forth. Um, and Dean and Cass actually oh, participate in, in the games. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I love putting them in therapy. I really do. And But they have to keep <laughs> their cover so they are participating in these games. But you also see Dean start to slowly, like there's a point in the fic where he could go and interrogate people or make some progress on the case. And you see him have this moment where he's just like, oh, fuck it. And just goes and sits by the pool for a while. And like, it's just such a, I don't know, it's such like an important character moment to me where he's just like, no, I can do something else as well. Like my life doesn't have to only always just be this. And it really like opens the door to many other moments in the fic. And I, I just love it. I just really enjoyed this one. Definitely recommend if you enjoy any of the tropes that are in here, because there's a, there's a lot of like mutual pining, um, fake relationship, case fic, um, just so many. It's, it's very tropey in a very good way. I think Oscar is sort of fun because they're doing therapy and Dean has to like try to explain what has happened between them but their lives are so bananas that he can't say what has happened. And so it ends up sounding like so dramatic and hilarious. And so it's kind of fun to see everyone else try to figure out what is what is happening between these two. Yes. And it's it's very funny because there are some people on this cruise, obviously there are, you know, civilians out there and um, hearing Dean's phrasing of the things that Cass has done to him and him trying to put it in a non in like a non-supernatural way and these people clearly just think that Cass is a fucking terrible person who has abused his husband who has done all these terrible things and you're like poor Cass is getting such a bad rap here for shit he did not do (laughs) it's 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 funny I like it Uh, so yes do recommend that one not gonna you know, I could talk about it for a very long time just because everyone probably knows from my gushing over several of their other fics, um, Microcomets is a kind of classic 
uh, writer that I really, really love in this fandom. I don't even know, I don't think they are still writing for this fandom at all anymore. They do still write, but I haven't seen them write in anything for this fandom in a long time, sadly. Um, but I do wish that they would. I wish they'd give me more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, another one that I think, I think we all read it um, this week as well is called Midsummer Night's Dean. Yes. Which is by Scream Into the Sun, which is a great author name. <laughs> Hello, Scream Into the Sun. Um, <laughs> this one is, um, it's, it's a, a case where a group of friends has sort of one, one person in a group of friends has gone and killed someone else because they're sleeping with their partner or something. You know, there's a complicated web here, which is not dissimilar to A Midsummer Night's Dream. But um, the actual mechanism of how it all happened is a little different to the Shakespeare version. Um, and, and in this one, Cass gets hit with a spell. And instead of falling in love with Dean, he instead falls in love with Sam. So shenanigans ensue. And poor Dean, he he just, he can't see that the way that that Cass is treating now treating Sam is the way that he usually treats him so he's just really kind of upset about it and Sam just has no idea what's going on he's like um okay man just back <laughs> off yeah Sam's <laughs> reactions in this fic were one of my favorite things about it because to start with it's like <laughs> it's he doesn't amazing. get it and he's just like okay all right yeah this is getting yeah. a little uncomfortable but okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> And Dean's just like, hey, that's that's usually me. <laughs> yeah, and, anyway. and when and when Sam puts two and two together, it's wonderful. He's like, no, he's not treating me like he's in love with me. He's just treating me the way he usually treats. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's it's a really fun read. Really it was well really done. funny. I thought. Yeah, it says it says here one of the tags is a metric fuck ton of song and movie references. And fewer Shakespeare references than one might expect. So it's got, like, it's just, it's just very funny. It's very good. I will say if you are a Midsummer Night's Dream fanatic like me, that is, that is probably my second favorite or favorite. It goes back and forth between Twelfth Night and Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, You will still get excited about sort of the love spell and and the way that it's written because um, I, I think it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of a fun way to take that, play and sort of take one aspect of that play and pull it into a case fic. Yeah, I mean it just it says there's less references than you might expect, but it is it does feel a lot like that kind yeah. of thing where they're like playing friends off against each other and mixing up the Yeah. Yeah, and, and like a but, um an aspect of kind of the comedy as well almost seemed like an homage to that to me. Like just the the way it the, the comedic way that it works. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I would yeah. say, yeah, there's, there's probably, it's not the story of A Midsummer Night's Dream, obviously. Um, no. But th- there's enough there that I think the title is very well justified. I guess I could mention that The Course May Change, which is, I think, sort of a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I think, one of my favorite case fics. And um, I have reread it a few times. I love that one as well. So, yeah, just give us like a, a very short summary and uh, just 
tell us some details about the fic? Okay, so it's Good Though the Course May Change by Imogen by Night. Um, 51,000 words, so it's a little longer. And the summary is, after a couple who went missing several years ago from an Oregon couples retreat are mysteriously returned on the same night that another disappears, Charlie planned to go undercover to find the cause until Dean's foot meets his mouth and he finds himself fake engaged to Castiel instead. Um, so this one, I think, is just, you know, it's got all of all of the fun. We're going to throw them in a resort. We're going to make them do activities. We're going to fake, they're going to be fake dating. They're going to be stuck in a room with only one bed. Um, all of that fun stuff. And I think it's just one of my favorite case fix from that perspective and that it's just like all of the things that you want in case fix. And I also just really like Foster without, without talking about sort of what's happening. I just think that the case is really intriguing and the characters are really thing. And it's sort of, it's something that is very readable and it's a great mystery as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a really well done, like, for the case fic aspect as well as the relationship aspect haven't read this one in a while but i've definitely read this one at least a couple times before i think this one's from 2016 as well so apparently we were just churning out some great case <laughs> fics in 2016 in this fandom <laughs> i think this one's just like if you are looking for sort of a classic case fic type this one really really hits that um hits the spot and it's also just there, you know, Dean is a bit of a disaster too, and I'm just such a sucker for disaster Dean. I mean, the whole reason that they end up together, and I feel like this uh, this is such a minor spoiler because it's at the very beginning, like the whole pr- like premise, but he goes in there, to, he's supposed to be married to Charlie or engaged to Charlie, and he goes in there and they ask him what his partner's name is, and he says, Cass. <laughs> He's a, his, his name is Cass. And so he goes back out and he's like, I've screwed up. And Charlie's like, well, I mean, I could be Cass. And he's like, I said he. And so, um, you know, oh, I, I love it because it's so funny because it's just, he just doesn't think about it. And and he's used to like investigating and he's just like, yeah, my partner's name is Cass. Um, and so it's it's kind of fun. I also, the, the Dean and Charlie relationship in this fic, I think is really special. Um, and so I, I really love that aspect as well. So it's just, I think if you're looking for a good case pick and you're looking for sort of a classic case pick, this is one that I think hits both the relationship side and the case side very, very well. Definitely agree. Well, the other um, classic case pick um, that we need to definitely mention is The Tunnel of Love by Xylodemon. Yes, we've actually um, covered that one on the podcast before in depth, I believe, so... We will get a link have to we? that on the blog. I think so. Yeah, so it definitely needs to be mentioned. But I have a feeling that we have talked about that one specifically. Okay. Um, COVID brain is getting me. I don't remember. Don't know. But I'll, I'll, um, yeah, <laughs> if we did, I will find the link for it so that you can listen to us talk in depth about that one a bit more. <laughs> yeah, this one was back in 2015. And um, this is the one where they end up in a haunted, um, like a carnival and go in a tunnel of love ride and um yes so good so good I need to reread this one actually because I remember how much I loved it but it's only 21,000 words so one of those bite-sized reads again (laughs) it's really a good one I I love the the setting in this one 
Well, I will also just add that it's funny because I hadn't I hadn't read this one in a really long time, and I went back to reread it, and I remembered every detail of it. So it was very memorable for me because I was like, oh, wow, I really did remember this entire thing. I think it's it's just a really good, strong fanfic. And it also now has a podfic version um, by Nerdy Nerdenstein on her podcast. Um, so go and listen to it. Yeah, we love listening to fic. That's a good option for a reread. <laughs> All right. Um, I have one more short one that I want to mention. Um, it's about fifteen and a half thousand words. It's called "With This Ring, I Act the Part" by House Seabick. Um, I particularly love this one. It's a it's another like marriage therapy boot camp fic type thing where they are having a fake relationship, going into this marriage therapy camp because people aren't coming out of it possibly um that there are two things that i really love about this one in that it's kind of a, a little bit of a twist on what you would usually expect from that trope in that in this they communicate so well that they are disappointing their counselors because the counselors for reasons i will not go into for you know plot spoilers um really want to bring out the the, the angst in between them and these relationships um and as soon as you and Cass are forced to actually sit down and say what it is that's wrong, they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, we're, we're good, we're communicating. <laughs> and, and the people in the, in the camp are just like, um, maybe, maybe a little more, and they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> like, I just love it, because like, once given the opportunity to actually properly say what it is that, that's causing their issue, they both get it, and they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I understand why you feel that way. All right, yes. And Cass talks about his feelings and Dean's just like, okay, I, I understand. We, we've got that out in the open. We are good. And then and everyone else is just like, that is not how this usually works. Um, so I love it. because it is. Yeah, that was a great twist. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, a twist on the marriage therapy boot camp trope. But the actual um, like case fic aspect of it, as in you know what's going on at, at this uh, marriage therapy camp and everything, is really good. I really liked it. Very, very strong case fic. Um, and just for a little humor, they do separate Dean from his car at the beginning of this, and he's slightly put out <laughs> about that. <laughs> so yeah, I don't blame him. I'd be very yeah, upset. yeah. Um, no, that that part was really funny, and they work together so well. And so it is it is sort of fun because usually we're throwing them into therapy because we want them to talk about their feelings. But in this case, it's sort of no. Actually, you know, they really do get each other and like each other, and sort of. Everyone else is like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, then. <laughs> they just need the opportunity. And once they're given it, they're fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit of a twist, just something a bit a bit different to round off my recommendations there. Yeah, it's funny, you know, looking through the list of um, fix that we've got in our longer list um, for this um, trope, I don't know if it's like a something that's unique to case speaks but we seem to have a, a much smaller ratio of explicit than we usually have like yeah i we, wonder we if quite it's often because, have like yeah. all explicit or mature at least but we've got quite a few kind of teen rated things maybe it's just the canon aspect. yeah i do wonder about that like the canon aspect of it and whether it's more that we're thinking about how we would see the fic on screen um Whereas the likelihood of them actually showing that part on screen, even if it happened, is very slim. Yeah. <laughs> like it, this ain't HBO here, people. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> we're focusing more on the the plot, um, kind of 
the case itself is more important. Than, yeah. Although the ones we've talked about, they are all very heavily relationship focused. <laughs> So maybe we just, it's the therapy that we're focusing on rather than the the (laughs) We do love putting them through it. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to make one more like super quick fire recommendation in case somebody wants like a really short, um, like one shot kind of fic. Um, There's one called Stories Are Made of Mistakes by Wild Honey Pie, which is 4,942 words. So if you want something that's more kind of case fic adjacent and really isn't getting into like a ton of the case fix stuff you're just getting that canon case fix vibe um i think this is a, a good one for that it, it's not you know there's not a big plot here there's not um a, a ton of case happening um it's really more kind of like a post post case breakdown that occurs um in a diner when somebody questions uh dean and cass's relationship and cass just straight up says that they're together and it just goes from there <laughs> um, and it, it's Excellent. Dean dealing with that and I love the fact that at one point Dean is just like but that's not true but at no point does he think about correcting Cass he just kind of adjusts his brain until he's like well I guess this is what I'm living with now <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a fun way of doing it this is very much like didn't know they were dating but just Dean didn't know Cass was fully aware this whole time <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's just been waiting for Dean to catch up. <laughs> All right, any more? Um, I'll I'll be quiet now. <laughs> There'll be lots more on the list on the blog. There we go. Yep, you can find all of those links at mixtapebookclub.com. Um River, have you what have you got coming up? Have you got some you you've just posted something, haven't you, this week? Oh yeah, I, I wrote a smut. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, um... <laughs> Uh, we're also I'm, I'm doing the bang bang which is a smut uh bang yep and so we're still doing that i'm modding that um and then i am i am writing a fic that nobody wants but me but it's gabriel and crowley um oh. with a side of bella and rowena which are two of my rare pairs who i really love so um that and, and then i'm also doing the uh, Taylor Swift bang. So I'm oh, sure yeah. that will end up being 200,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. I've got to say that Gabriel and Crowley sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like it'll be yeah, I, That sounds like the kind of chaos the pairing that I could really go Growly for. <laughs> show, actually, there are some people who like Crowley, but to me it's like they both care so, so, so much and they both try to pretend so hard that they do not care at all. Um, <laughs> and so... I think they make a great enemies to enemies with benefits to friends to lovers to would then smite anyone who tried to cross either one of them. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of that's sort of the the vibe that I'm I'm working on. Very nice. Fantastic. Well, we love a rare pair. So, well, thank you, uh, thank you very much for coming to talk to us today. Been a lot of fun to talk to you. It was a blast. I, I'm, as I said, I'm a huge case fic enthusiast because I love taking them and putting them into situations and then sort of watching them squirm a little bit. Um, yes. But then they end up better at the end. So, the essence of fic in general, <laughs> put them in situations. <laughs>
Yes. Put put them in put them in little situations. Throw throw curses at them. Lock them in small places. Um, <laughs> force them into therapy. You know all of the things that we want to see. <laughs> they deserve it. They need it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if um, anyone listening has extra case fix that we have missed or that you have a favorite that we haven't mentioned, you can let us know. Um, you can send us messages on social media we are mixtape book club at most of those um or you can email us at contact at mixtapebookclub.com or you can come and chat with us in our discord server or on profound bond discord server okay what are we doing next time now next time yay one of my favorites (laughs) so next episode we are going to discuss friends with benefits fix i feel like there are some really juicy ones we'll be able to get our teeth into for this one's out there so i am looking forward to it so if you have any friends with benefits recommendations that you would like us to consider uh please do drop us a note at any of the places um that ellen just mentioned a moment ago and thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again really soon and as always remember that the story isn't over until we say it is consent to adult content my god okay